Hey everybody, this is Swazzle from True Chicago Sports Fans. How is that last dance hangover? That bad, huh? Well, I got a treat for you. I got Nikolai Wozniak, son of John Michael Wozniak, the shoulder-shrugging, quarter-flipping security guard for Michael Jordan. I was able to talk to Nikolai about his interpretation of the last dance, his relationship with Michael Jordan, and some personal stories. Stay tuned. How's it going? I'm okay. I'm sorry. I, you know, between kids and then work calls going over, uh, it's hard to, to get to you on time. So doing well. No worries. No worries. I totally understand. Just wanted to catch up with you, see what you, uh, what you think of the finale. Yeah, it's, it's bittersweet. Obviously you don't want it to be over. Um, you still have that same feeling you have as a Chicago fan when you feel like, well, we could have won like two more. Why did they break the team up? Um, but growing up, hearing my dad come home and tell the stories, like it wasn't new news that like Krause was doing what he was doing and all that. Like that was we knew even stories on the bus of the players fighting with him, like all that stuff was that that came out. We kind of knew and were told just to be quiet about it, you know. But now it's out. So, um, so just talking about the last dance, as far as you know, you have a ten part series and it leaves yeah. us wanting more. Um, what is something that you think that they could have added to that to that uh episodes? Oh man, there's a lot. Um well personally, the first thing that comes to mind the uh, my father, Gus Slett, got some time, but the third guy that really deserved some time was uh, Clarence Travis. Mm-hmm. Um he was like the he was like the spirit of the team. Like he was always a jokester. He was a great guy. He's like a grandfather. He's actually my godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, as a Catholic, he was he was my godfather. Um, good uh, name. My middle name's Travis after him. Wow. So yeah. So I wish he got a little more time because he was such a funny. He was the funniest guy I ever met in real life. Like and just a good person to be around. He felt like a grandfather. You know, he was just a good man and always ripping on my dad and giving my dad and Gus a hard time. He was the one that kept everything fun. He was probably the most fun of all of them, to be honest with you. Um, and was always cracking a joke or like making things not so serious, whereas Gus was extremely serious. Uh, my dad was kind of learning from them both. He was a little, you could see he was a little younger. And then mm-hmm. you had Clarence Travis, who was just constantly, like he was the life of the party. He was a person hosting everybody at his house and cooking. And his wife was the sweetest lady. Um, my, my godmother, I mean, mm-hmm. so sweet. So I wish he'd have got a little more time. Um, I wish they would have spent more time um, just kind of showing, um, I think it was important them showing uh, Michael's, you know, the uh, grind, like, you know, and, and I think spending a little more time, even with baseball, Terry Francona was quoted as saying, like, if Michael had more time, he'd have been, he would have made it, you know, so um, would have liked to see more of that, his life on the road, because that kind of, I don't say humbled him, but um it, it, it like that time he spent with the players helped him remember what it felt like just to be one of the guys and that rejuvenated him I think in some ways um, so yeah that's my, my humble opinion you know yeah. what is your opinion on the uh, you know Jordan's one of the last comments in, in the last episode he's saying I wish we could have stayed together you know we, we would have all signed for one more year yeah he, said he, he thought that he could have got um, everybody I he, signed I think he yeah, I think he would. If it, you know, financially, that would. I, I don't know what the numbers were. 
I know I remember back then Michael was making like 30 million a year. Yeah. You know, so that's a lot of money in the 90s. Yes. That's a lot of money at any time, but you know, to have a one year. So maybe he would have had to have taken a hometown discount uh, to make it work, but I'm sure he would have because it's just a it's just a bad feeling to I, I can imagine to be winning and then that's like being the number one salesperson. You get fired, you know. You're told to let you, you get let go. It's like this makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, we don't care how much you sell. You're just not yeah, coming back. You're just not coming back. Yeah, it's like, like what am I doing? Yeah, right. So, but that was pretty amazing for them to overcome that adversity together and still make it. So, um, yeah, I think it was that. That's unsettling. You know, it's just as a Chicago sports fan, right? Like, still unsettling thinking of Michael in a Wizards jersey. Like, it's just oh, like, oh, I don't think that ever happened. You can never live with that. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it, it, just speaking on the numbers, I think the Bulls had about 14 million uh, able uh, available to sign Pippen, and Pippen wanted a 25 yeah, million dollar contract, and then I don't, I don't know if Jordan would have taken that much of a cut. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just know. I maybe, maybe, maybe. Would you never know? Yeah. But like the fact that it that we'll never know uh, is a problem. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it just would have. It just would have cement. It would have been nice to have the Bulls in those conversations with the Celtics and the Lakers, like eleven championships, you know, and things like that. But, but then again, I think like the Bulls um, front office, they messed themselves up so bad. I don't think they'll ever come back from. Be like, it'll be like Babe Ruth in Boston. You know what I mean? It'll be a hundred years before the Bulls win again. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like right now. Yeah, yeah. We have to pick a second team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everyone's hoping the Bears can play. Yeah, or or pick up another. Yeah, Yeah. it's unfortunate. Uh, Is there another a player from either the first three P or the second three P that you think that you know maybe they could have interviewed him or? Or maybe give it oh, a little more speech to him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the second one, Tony Kukoc. Like, I think Tony Kukoc was more had more um, value, he, you know, than what he was presented. They should have they should have got Kukoc. Um, Luke Longley. I know Michael and Luke Longley were not like best of friends. You know, yeah, so they're not on speaking to terms at all. Yeah, it'd have been interesting to hear Luke Longley's. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, you know, I believe it. I believe it denied uh, the request to be on. Uh, Did he? Yeah. yeah. See, he was probably just like, forget, you know, but but he won him some championships. So yeah, I definitely think Tony Kukoc, um, because he was very instrumental to that that second, you know, three peat. Um, on the first one, I would think I would have thought they got Bill Cartwright. I'd have thought more. They got BJ. Um, I think they did right on that first repeat. I just think on that second repeat, it, you know, getting more Tony Kukoc would have made more sense. Yeah, I agree. The the waiter was such an instrumental part to complimenting oh, Pippen and Jordan that, you know, he picked up all the slack that they left over. Well, he was supposed to be like the great, I mean, he helped open the international doors too because he was supposed to be one of the greatest players out of Europe, you know. So um, that I thought that would have been, that would have been cool to see you know who would have been i think he wasn't he wasn't that um like i think i don't know what his terms or relationship was but you know remember the first three three people guy craig hodges oh craig hodges really, yeah he won the uh, yeah. three-point contest a couple of years i think yeah i think craig hodges might have made some sense to talk to speak to um you know but they, they got everybody i think that if, I, if i'm reaching for somebody in that first half maybe craig hodges i'm and i'm thinking maybe even randy brown yeah, Randy Brown, the second one, might have made some sense. I was surprised how much 
time Scott Burrell got too. You know, oh. I know because Michael's always ripping on Burrell. But I'm like, yeah. man, that guy got a lot of, a lot of time. But it helped remind me when I get in my arguments with my with people on Facebook or people I know when they say LeBron, you know, is better than Michael and LeBron has had, Michael had better teams than LeBron. I start naming people like Randy Brown, <laughs> Rust, Rusty LaRue, yeah. Judd Bushler. Yeah. I'm like, really? You know, you, you look at LeBron's worst players was Michael Beasley, you know, who was yeah. the second round, who's the second draft pick. You know, I'm like, come on, like, stop. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous when they start comparing and, it, yeah. you know, it's been all over ESPN all morning and, Who's a better this and that? Um, you know, they're co- completely different players. They are, actually. They should be comparing Michael to... Uh, or they should be comparing LeBron to Magic Johnson or Oscar Robertson or, like... Like, a, like LeBron is... LeBron's a power forward that can play that can play point guard. Right. And he's a facilitator. I always said he's a souped-up Scottie Pippen. Yeah, and I so agree I with you said. with that. Just Scottie Pippen was way ahead of his time with his skill set that, you know, yeah. if you drop him in today... He's going to be very successful. Scotty's, yeah, you drop in today, Scotty's, you know, Scotty was, um, you know, I don't know, name him, you know, just a, a tall guard, yeah. you know, like that. So I don't, I don't understand the, you know, like I, I get tired of it because it's like it's two different products, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's, it's just, Pepsi it's just and Coke is, uh, you're going to yeah. pick, you're going to pick your flavor. Yeah, you know, it's like. Uh, so now that you've seen the whole thing and you know once your dad was on screen and got his little 15 minutes of fame how did that change for you like how much uh, how much like I guess notoriety are you getting from you know everyone just reaching out for you and getting to want to know more about your dad yeah, it's insane, actually. It's been a lot, um, just like a lot of requests for conversations. Uh, I actually got in touch with uh, Esty, his, uh, Michael's, Mr. Jordan's business manager, and I was like, hey, I just want your blessing before I, because my dad, you know, always mm-hmm. told us never talk, you know, but I wanted to have the opportunity to speak about my dad because he, you know, he deserved it. The guy, he was a hardworking Chicago police officer father um, and didn't, and, and didn't, brag about himself but did some great things I learned about during his during the end of his life and especially his funeral meeting a lot of his friends um from back in his old neighborhood and you know um I just, it, it just felt selfishly felt good for me to be able to talk to talk about my dad and not have to be myself be out in like media or whatever so um it was an honor to talk about him uh, it's unbelievable how many people like friended me and just said, "Hey, you know, I lost my father. I lost my mother. They were Bulls fans." I try to respond to every single person just because this is gonna fade, and I'm looking forward to it in some ways. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of, okay, we're done. Um, you know, I'm not doing any of this for any revenue, so it's right. more like it's more like I just you know I want it to be um, be through in some respect and and still you know give Michael his you know. You know, it's about Michael and and then my but seeing my dad being able to being able to um, speak about him and his legacy and his life has been a great great honor and anybody that is touched or enjoyed my dad at this time during COVID and various things going on I'm happy he could still be a blessing to people like he was during his life. Right, right. Now I know they showed Kobe a little bit. I was hoping they that Michael might have talked a little bit more about you know, him being a big brother to Kobe because Kobe said that Michael was his big brother and he would call him. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. they would, they could have touched a little bit more on, on his relationship with the different players outside of the Bulls. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, you know, especially in a second three-peat, um, I, I think they did a good job. I mean, they were very limited, you know, like the time, like if they had maybe, if they had, I know Jason Ayer talked about this on various shows, like if he had, if he could have done another like 15 episodes, I think he would have been able to fit all that in. But I do think they touched on um, Kobe coming up and how he was viewed by Michael. I think that was cool how they did that. Um, I would have liked to seen like what this, I thought it was interesting, the whole fight between and Isaiah and Michael, I think people understand how personal Isaiah Thomas would take it. Like, I heard he'd come back home from being from Chicago and all his family's wearing Jordan jerseys, you know? <laughs> so that would have been cool to talk about more. But, um, no, especially with Kobe. I, maybe You never know. Maybe they're saving the Kobe stuff for when, when they do Kobe's uh, documentary, documentary yeah. you know? Uh, so just give me a quick story about anything crazy about your dad uh and and michael jordan i know you got to spend some time with 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 the jordan family um they recently the the, the their kids have been on on so on on the tv and sh- asking yeah. uh giving out personal stories as well do you have uh any stories between you know yourself and michael and the family that you can share yeah they were I, they were joking times there were times when we would just go hang out where, you know, like my dad, like for example, when they'd open the gates up for trick or treating during mm-hmm. Halloween, we would go there while my dad would be working the gate with some of the security guards. Cause you had lines and lines of people just coming to get a piece of candy and see Michael Jordan. Um, so we'd be upstairs playing or we would be trick or treating and then we'd come back to the house and see all these people. And then we'd just be playing up in their playroom. They had like an indoor basketball playroom and we would just hang out. Um, I've told people this before. I kind of took it for granted because it was just, you know, since I grew up with, like, I grew up being a part with my dad being a security guard. He'd bring me to the day games because you remember they said day games, right? Like, right. Like noon, you know. Like yeah, the NBC the games, after. right? Yes. So he would take me in the during the day with him on a Saturday, and I would just hang out a lot. And if it was too cold, he put me in somebody's car, and I would just hang out until the starting lineup. Then he'd say, "All right, let's go," and then he'd bring me on the floor during the starting lineup. Back in the old stadium when they had like the the spotlight and they had that bowl, the light bulb yeah. bowl on the, um, and now I just remember being scared. Like literally, I remember like crying one time when I was like five, six, like because it was so loud. But there was nothing like that old stadium. Like that old stadium was the greatest. Oh, it was, that was awesome. Oh, the the acoustics there were amazing. It was super oh, loud. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And then like the floor was sticky and smelled like beer and popcorn. And, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that a lot, you know. Um, but yeah, just crazy stuff. I mean, I mean, no real crazy. I mean, just like hanging out with the Jordan kids, and all of a sudden, Michael Jordan walks in and starts playing with you like a child. You know, it's just like, yeah, it was cool. It was. But I didn't again. I didn't realize how cool it was until I got older. Because to us, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's uh, oh yeah, it's Michael Jordan, dad's friend. You know, like. We were always told, our dad always like taught us not to, he had conditioned us not to be starstruck, be respectful, like be super respectful. Don't be like, hey, M, you know, or hey, yeah. hey. Like he, even if, even if Mr. Jordan would allow it, my dad would never allow that line to be crossed. You know? Well, I think your dad instilled in you that, you know, you're, you're getting to see the person. You're not getting to yeah. see the persona or 
the mirage of Michael Jordan. You get to see actual Michael Jordan yeah. as a father, as a friend, as, as, you know, a part of the community there. So you got to see a completely different side that most people don't get to see. Yeah, I would say often as a kid, I'd wonder why people were so, like, I don't want to say afraid of him, but more like, why, like he was a mean person. Now, he was, obviously, he was very determined to win, as you saw, but he was super nice, like, to people. Um, obviously, he would joke and rip on his friends, but he was like, if, you know, if he, I mean, he's a very loving, loyal, generous, you know, guy. So he wasn't like, you know, they call Scotty Pippen no tipping Pippen because he wouldn't tip, right? Like, you know, because Michael's like very not, you know, very good. So, what was your uh, last interaction with uh, with Michael? Just text messages. And my father died. He left a message and said, "Your father was. I loved your dad. He was more than a friend. He was a brother. He even told me I loved him more than you guys did." And I said, "Yeah, probably for a certain period of time during our teenage years, you probably did." Yeah. Um, you know, he be straight up. I love him more than you guys. You know, talking about me and my family and my brothers. You know, so like, um, he was dead serious about that. He loved my dad, and it was meant a lot because he gave my dad you know friendship brotherhood you know purpose you know like it was a real friend um and my dad looked up to him as well um in their own ways in their own rights on the court michael was an awesome and all-star my dad as a chicago police officer was an all-star as were the rest of the guys on his team so that you know they re- that game so to speak recognized and respected the game um but uh, yeah, last year actually just text. Like I didn't even bother texting this whole week. Like I, I don't, I don't want to over, you know, I don't want to overstep anything. But just text messages saying, you know, um, thank you, and or even making jokes. I think the last text I sent was like, "You created a monster." So my dad went all viral. He sent me the the crying laughing emoji. I was like, man, look what you did. Look you what know? you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who? was able to bring your dad into into the atmosphere of working for the Bulls. How did that come about? Yeah, so it was really, um, my dad was a Chicago police officer, and some of the guys, they always work part-time jobs, and you're a Chicago police officer, you always do something else when you're, like, on furlough, or you like firefighters do, yeah. too, right? Yeah. So a lot of times it's security jobs. So my dad was working, actually, he was working Chicago White Sox baseball security uh, for a long time, and then he decided to go over to the Bulls via um, Clarence Travis and Gus Lett, and all those guys were just, you know, it's like imagine you're, you and your buddies are you know, doing a job, and you all are like, hey, let's go work over here. And at the same time, Michael was in his first like rookie year, first second year, so it just happened. And Michael described it in the scenes yesterday. They just over time, you know, they escorted him in, they talked to him, and they just got to know him and. Over time, the relationship just blossomed, blossomed differently with each of the security guards. I often say my dad was like a brother. Mm-hmm. Michael calls him a brother, like a little brother. Like they were always trying to, like my dad was one of the youngest in that group, so he was always, you know, prodding Michael and messing with them and trying to like, you know, uh, go against them in something. So that clip of him in the quarters was really a good capture. It captured a constant theme, um, whereas Gus was truly like a father figure, you know. Right. Um, so that was cool. Um, that was cool. See, one story that came out of it, uh, I, you know, I, I linked up, um, my uncle CT's son, Deron Travis with, um, the media person we, I'd been talking to. And one story I forgot about that I got reminded of was he was in a shooting contest. Like, so Deron, the son of Clarence mm-hmm. was in a contest, like for shooting, like, you know, they do like after the first or second quarter halftime show type thing. 
And Michael somehow got a hold of the security guards and said, I bet you all combined that uh, Duran loses. <laughs> and, you know, oh. so he was, it, yeah, so just joking, you know, and actually Duran made the shots and won. So, you know, they all had to collect. It was nothing major, but it was more like if Michael got wind that my Uncle CT's son was uh, in, the, in the contest. And he said, I bet you he loses. You know, wow. so Michael always just, I mean, that's like during the first quarter, like after the first quarter, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he had time to yeah. like. Yeah, pulling the, you know, it's called, it's called ribbing, you know, you pull yeah. a little ribbing, see, you know, a little like salt on the game, you know, yeah. during the game. So it's just funny that they have these little stories, you know? <laughs> uh, all right. So I don't want to take up too much of your time and we'll talk yeah, soon again, yeah. but, uh, um, uh, just, how would you want your dad to be remembered? I mean, we've seen the joking side. Uh, we know he's a, a police officer who's served for the city of Chicago and did very well for that. And then, uh, you know, was one of Michael's good friends. But uh, your perspective, what do you want the people to know? And uh, how do you want your dad to be remembered? Yeah, um, I keep seeing stories about him from other people I didn't know about. Um, and the one word that comes to mind is just a giver. You know, like he gave of himself to the city as a police officer. And as some people quote it as the real police, you know, not just looking for a job, mm -hmm. but he wanted to be engaged as a police officer, even if that meant his life. So that, you know, that um, taking the most dangerous jobs, that sticks out. Um, so a giver, you know, someone who sacrifices and gives, you know, uh, strong, strong values, you know. Um, and yeah, just generally a giver and a, and a, and a friend. Uh, a good father. Uh, I told someone this that he could be so hard on us because he would watch Michael and Tim Grover go through training, and I never understood. It was almost like, oh, that's why he would say that to us as kids, because he he would watch uh -huh. the development of Michael becoming a winner. So he tried to bring that filter that and bring it home to us, and we were just like, are you crazy? You know, but um, but he cared. It was because he cared. He wanted the best for us. And the older I got, the more I understood how much he loved us and cared for our, us kids. So he was devoted. Um, and just a giver. wasn't a didn't want to like wasn't in a drama. You know, just wanted wanted to just let things wanted to was quick to forgive. So he was a good combination of being a um, a giver and someone that would um, do his job as a police officer. Um, someone you wouldn't want to mess with. At the same time, somebody who was truly caring and loving and, and giving. Awesome, awesome, Nico. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Uh, again, thank you for doing this again. Uh, yeah. And uh, just just listening about stories about your dad are just awesome. Yeah, and all the best to you and yours. Hope everyone is uh, okay. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take You're care. Welcome. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. I want to give a big thank you to Nikolai Wozniak for speaking with us. This is Swazo at True Chicago Sports Fan signing off.